0: minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast the jj watt episode because <laughs> we're all oh, i'm really excited I, I don't know how the other two are uh, feeling about this one but we'll, we'll get into it i'm steve Furhatch joined as always by dusty evely and sarah kelleher what is going on guys? Who's excited about JJ Watt? Raise your hands. It's me. I am I am raising my hands. I
1: raised mine too. I, I don't know. Say, that's happens, uh,
0: that's some that's saying. some good radio podcast etiquette from me to tell you guys to raise your hands on a podcast. So, <laughs> I'm glad you both commented on that. So, um, so it's it's been pretty exciting. Uh, JJ Watt is readily available a free agent and there's been uh, a couple little little tidbits here and there where he put on his Instagram this morning, all gas, no break. So he's working mm-hmm. out and he's using a Matt LaFleur comment and everybody's getting really excited. Uh, so, Sarah, how, what's your thought on J.J. Watt becoming a Green Bay Packer?
1: Simple. Would I love for that to happen? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. So I'm trying to stay in the middle here. I'm trying to be excited about the possibility, but I also don't want to be so excited that then whenever he announces where he's going, I feel disappointed and totally let down. Um, But, yeah, let's hope there's a miracle, and somehow with the cap situation and maybe he's willing to take less money, he can be a packer. I mean, I'd absolutely love it.
2: Captain Killjoy, what do you think? (laughs) Listen, man, it's like it feels like the Super Bowl was like a year ago at this point, man. Like, we're in the doldrums of the offseason. There's just snow all over the place. Like, give me something to be excited about. Give me something to keep my interest. And the J.J. Watt saga is certainly that. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I'd love to have him in Green Bay. It's probably not happening. You know who else uses all gas, no break? A lot of guys that came from the Rams, including Robert Sala, I guess. You know, he kind of – He came he, from the 49ers. Well, he used that – I guess Shannon Hantry, I guess. But he used that, uh, I think, introductory press conference. So, it's not just a the floor thing. But, yeah, man, I, I was saying with Sarah, I'd love to have him there. Love to have him in Green Bay. But I'm just – at the moment, I'm along for the ride, man. I'm along for just the insanity of paying attention to – every single thing J.J. Watt posts and thinking there's some kind of coded uh, coded language in there that he's going to Green Bay. I'm in for it.
0: I mean, that is true. I saw that he posted on his... It was his anniversary with his wife and he uh, he was making some comment about how he loved the fact that she was crushing wings right before the wedding and there's video of her doing so. And then people in Buffalo are like, oh, he's posting about buffalo wings. <laughs> so it is a crazy time. But uh, to copy Sarah, I am very excited but in the opposite side i am fully bought in that it's going to happen so i'm 100% oh, on no. board yeah i mean you know me like <laughs> at some level i'll need to hulk out in the the off season so if he doesn't sign I, and he goes to play in pittsburgh just to play with his brothers and then lose in the wild card round then yeah maybe i'll freak out a little bit on the packet a pack podcast it'll be it'll be good content for everybody But I'm excited. I think it's it's a really could be a huge difference maker for the defense. I think he I was telling the guys beforehand, like, I feel like this is it's it's oversold the fact that he wants to play with his brothers for a team that's not going to be contending for the Super Bowl. And it's undersold that he is a lifetime Packer fan that would love to win that championship and would be even more special in Green Bay for him. So I think I think it's a it's a slam dunk that he's coming to, to play in Green Bay. So I am like 120% in and I'm ready for my heart to be broken because I'm a Wisconsin sports fan. So Sarah had a fun idea um, for today's episode. What we're gonna do is we each came up with three things that need to be addressed for the Green Bay Packers before training camp begins. So, Sarah, this was your idea. I'm excited to see what you got for us. So let's uh, let's have you start us off.
1: All right. So obviously there are a lot of things that need to happen, but I kind of just went through and thought about what are the three things that I want to happen the most. So in no particular order, I have three things, and one of them is to find a weapon on the defensive line And that person needs to be someone who is mean, aggressive, and who can actually stay healthy. So I feel like Kenny Clark, sometimes he's fighting for his life out there. And as much as I love him, he needs some support. I know Kingsley Kiki has had flashes where he's been good, but that's what I meant by we need some – or the Packers need someone that can stay healthy because he's had a lot of issues with that. Um, And I just – that's really important, whether it's in free agency, whether it's in a draft – I think Kenny Clark needs an extra supporting piece there. So that is one. Um, my next one is assuming that Aaron Jones is no longer a Green Bay Packer. I think that Green Bay needs to re-sign Jamal Williams or find a running back that is good in pass protection. So that that's an aspect of Jamal Williams' game that is really underrated, and I think people don't talk about that enough, that he's a great in pass protection. So, again whether they go and find someone in free agency or they draft someone else um, or they re-sign Jamal Williams, there needs to be someone who can play that part. I think, you know, with Aaron Jones probably leaving, obviously A.J. Dillon is there and the Packers are in good hands with him, but they need that pass protecting back as well. And then the third thing um, would be to get another hit at quarterback. Um, I was reading a story in the Acme Packing. Um, company, and they were talking about how there has been misses after misses after misses at quarterback, with the exception of Jarrier Alexander, in all of the Packers' recent drafts. And so they listed some of those, and that was kind of a painful list to look through. And it was Kevin King, Damaris Randall, Quinton Rollins, and Josh Jackson. And when I think about all of them, it's either they don't play for Green Bay anymore they are healthy scratches or everyone's pissed off at them because they let up some big plays in the NFC championship game. So obviously I think if when we've talked about it the last week and I think even the week before, if Jarrier has a friend on the opposite side, I think that could really uh, support the Packers on the defensive side of the ball. So those are my three things that I think they should address before camp starts. There's obviously a lot more, but those were three that I think should definitely
2: be high on their list. Yeah, and I've got a couple of those, although slightly different. I think uh, running back was is my first one, same as Sarah. But I'm I'm the pass protection is is big. You know, obviously Jamal Williams. Um, and Again, this is assuming Jones is gone. Jamal Williams very very good in that regard. I'm looking more for uh, dynamic guy, someone that can fill that Jones role if he's gone, kind of that receiver out of the backfield. And so someone like uh, like the guy I've got my eye on. I've not done a ton of draft stuff yet, but uh, uh, Gainwell out of Memphis is kind of—he was a—I think he was actually brought into Memphis to be kind of a slot wide receiver, He ended up as a, as a running back, uh, but just kind of that guy who can who can split out that can run routes that can you know maybe run between the tackles so he's not quite as as strong at least yet as aaron jones but someone who can run some of that stuff in the floor's offense so pass protection i'm kind of less concerned with from the running back but we need someone that that can be kind of split out that can be that receiver role that that we lose in aaron jones so that's my number one uh number two is just kind of a like Gadgety guy. I mean, we've seen how, and I think you know the offense doesn't have to be this way, uh, but the, it relies a lot on some of that jet sweep and jet motion stuff. And that works really well when you have a guy that can operate in space, that gadgety guy. And it doesn't have to be a high draft pick. It doesn't have to be an expensive guy. You know, like Irvin did uh, did a great job in that role. And he was kind of a scrap heap pickup. Uh, you know, Austin didn't quite work out the way we'd hoped, but... At least the way that I had hoped. But you need someone that can operate in space a little bit. Maybe like a maybe a slightly bigger guy, a guy that can kinda hammer a little bit if he needs to. But you need someone like that to kind of work on that offense. And I don't know if Irvin's gonna be back, you know, he had injury issues this year. Again, Austin didn't quite work out. But that's that's a role that needs to be filled. You know, like <laughs> Chris Godwin in Tampa, I think he's uh he's a um He's going to be a free agent. That's that's going to be way too expensive. But a guy like a guy, kind of a bigger, maybe a tweener receiver kind of guy that can that can operate in space. They absolutely need that in this offense. And then yeah, same as Sarah, cornerback. And I don't particularly care whether that's draft or free agency. Like You said Kings likely gone. If you look at the, if you look at the depth chart, it's Alexander and like I don't know Shannon Sullivan and Kadar Holman and Vernon Scott who are fine for what they do, but, like, you don't want them as the number two. And then, you know, God forbid there's an injury and it gets worse. So, you know, we talked – I think last week we had talked about, um, you know, someone like Xavier Rhodes or something. I think he just turned down, like, a decent deal from the Colts, so maybe he's a little more expensive. But, you know, someone like maybe A.J. Bouye, whose best years were not that far behind him. Uh, Darquise Denard, who I kind of like. You know, someone that can kind of fit that role, maybe pick someone up in the draft. And then you you kind of let that guy sit for a year or, or you know, maybe not be the, the number two guy in the field for that year. So that's I mean, you definitely need that cornerback is a definite need. So I'm going running back kind of a pass catching running back gadget guy and then uh, cornerback. We all kind of went in
0: similar ways, but my number one was signed J.J. Watt. So, as you can tell, fully bought into that. Oh You're going to be so sad, Steve. <laughs> I am not. Are, are we, we can do a prop bet on this one. I feel very confident in the fact that he will sign with the Packers.
1: You're like the Michael Scott meme right now where he's like, I'm ready to get hurt again. Like that's literally <laughs> you right now.
0: <laughs> as Dusty said, it's the off season, man. The Super Bowl was a million years ago. I feel like I got nothing going on. It's a, it's something to be invested in until we actually get some football back, uh, until we get to like the draft and stuff and free agency. So, uh, But uh, again, like I would say, as you guys said, defensive line help, that's something that I think is going to be a big – a big priority for the Packers. Uh, my number two was to draft a top cornerback. So I would say first or second round and then use the other one on an offensive tackle. Um, obviously don't, don't need to reach, but uh, if those things, if those are av- people available in that slot, then those are two positions I think need to be addressed first and foremost. And then thirdly, uh, I said full on brand for me, uh new alternate jerseys. Like, I um, don't <laughs> I think it needs to be done. I think it needs to be uh, like a little kind of futuristic thing. It is the year 2021. We can admit that all the history for the Packers is great. And I'm not saying to touch the away Jersey, the home Jersey, anything like that, but a fun alternate Jersey. I'm just putting it out in the world. It would be a cool thing. Um, so there's like, even a couple of uh, like I've seen it on Twitter, I showed you guys last week. There's a couple of cool like alternates that are out there already that, mm-hmm. that are very realistic that, uh, that I think would be a lot of fun. And, you know, if there's a new alternate like scheme or, you know, idea, then that's going to drive people to go buy stuff. Because I know if it's cool, I'd go buy it. So, you know, some positivity going into the new season. As I see Dusty and Sarah both roll their eyes at me.
2: <laughs> I thought it was going to be inside linebacker. So, I, you know, that's yeah, this, this is shocked. different. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a different rant that you hear. Yeah. It's, I, I should have been prepared for this and I was not. So it took me by surprise. <laughs> Keeping you on your feet, buddy. That's right.
0: All right. Uh, we've got a, a list from The Athletic that Dusty is going to take a look at. It. And it is people, uh, all the writers, the B writers from The Athletic, took a look at their NFL teams and listed the potential salary cap cuts that could happen. So we're going to rapid fire through a lot of that. And uh, Dusty's going to pick and choose some and see if we think that would be a good fit or not a good fit uh, for the Green Bay Packers.
2: Yeah, so there's uh It's really fun if you've got an Athletic subscription, which I, I highly recommend. You should definitely check it out. It's a, it's a fun list to look at. We're not going to go through all of them just because some of them are either unrealistic or like you know the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo listed. Like we're not. We don't need to answer that one. Um, but there are a few per team, and so yeah, we're going to kind of kind of pick and choose through some of these. So we're going to start with NFC uh, NFC North. Uh, Kyle Fuller, Steve.
0: I mean, I'd take him, but I think he'd be too expensive. Yeah, Sarah. It's
1: he... literally the same answer.
2: Yeah. Uh there's another bear. I'm gonna guess the same answer. Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks would help the defense tremendously, but probably too expensive. I mean, yeah. he'll take the vet minimum to come to the backers, right? He might man, listen, I think with any Bears thing it depends on how much he hates the front office, right? You see those like like those petty deals where they go like they go within the division just because they want to get back at someone? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Maybe Hicks could do that. Uh this is one of my favorites. 32 years old, from the Bengals, Geno, Geno Atkins. Sarah, how do you feel about Geno Atkins?
1: Hmm. Well, I feel like he might be willing to you know not take as much money, and he could make an impact, so sure. Why not?
2: Steve? Sign me the F up for that. Yeah, he's 32. I think he's declining a little bit. Um, He's kind of that bowling ball type guy. But, yeah, I feel like if he gives you, like, another year or two, like at least limited snaps, holy crap, yeah, sign him up. There's a guy I hadn't thought of that kind of fits some of the mold we were talking about with running back, Giovanni Bernard, 29 years old.
0: Steve? I'd prefer, like, James White over that. I mean, I I, I see what he, he, he has that ability to do some of the things that you want, but he
2: wouldn't be my first choice at running back. Sarah?
1: Yeah, I'm going to pass.
2: Okay. Do we we have a need for speed on the outside? Buddy, we do. How about the Bills' John (laughs) Brown at wide receiver? Sarah, how do you feel about John Brown if he gets dropped from the Bills?
1: Steve we, we, we need the speed there so why not Well he
0: was really good uh last year and a little bit this year too I believe but last year he was outstanding like he was the number 1 target for Josh Allen and then when you get Stefan Diggs that kind of changes things so if he's cut and he's on the cheap like he's a great outside option I love it
2: Yeah and I think we saw with MVS too like it, uh, we talked about this it doesn't matter if you catch the ball you're fast after respect that you got a little more speed it's always a good thing it's
1: yeah that's why i'm thing. literally just like yeah sure like yeah. If, if he's there why not yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah if there's a fast receiver i'm always going to say yes and we'll just figure the rest out later uh all right <laughs> throw this one out there even though i know the price takes too expensive von miller von miller steve
0: dude that would be outstanding Wouldn't but it? uh no, no way in no way in hell that'll actually
2: happen sarah yeah no
1: and I know he's having some off the field issues too, and if the Packers never really go after guys um, in situations like that, so I think it's a big no.
2: How about we'll go with the Bucks, Cameron Brait. tight end Cameron Brait. Sarah, how do you feel I about Brate?
1: i like he's all right, but I don't I don't really see the need. Like if Mercedes Lewis is coming back, if they're able to keep Tanya, then. They're, I, I don't think they or Tunyon, sorry. Um <laughs> then I don't I don't think I don't think they need it.
0: Steve? Yeah, same way. I think they're I think they're pretty covered. If if they are gonna bring in a couple free agents, I would say probably avoid the tight end group. I think some
2: of it hinges on how you how they feel about Sternberger, how they feel about his development. Um but yeah, I tend to agree with that. Uh just I'm gonna say this just to piss people off. <laughs> Uh, Casey Hayward <laughs> Casey Hayward 31 year <31-year-old> <laughs> old quarterback You the whole time Dusty <laughs> Yeah get the rage out that everyone will say this is going to get uh, If they were to bring Hayward back Steve let's say like cheapish deal what uh, how do you feel about that Yeah it's always fun to do the
0: reunion tour like come on back like uh, we're, we're sorry we cut you we'll give you some money come on back um, that'll get played up in the media so that'd be fun uh, yeah I'd, I'd bring him back for a year or two Sarah Yeah
1: Sure. Let's just hope it's not a Tremont Williams where it's everyone gets excited that they're back and then <laughs> they never even get on the field. So
2: yeah, I will do a couple more. This one's just for Steve. Steve, this one's just for you.
1: <laughs> oh God! From the
2: Alexander cow- from the Cowboys, Jalen Smith. Oh, come on! <laughs> Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> I, I'll, I'll pre-order the jersey, man. <laughs>
2: You don't already have one? I thought you already have one pre-bought already. You
0: just Well, that, I've got that one and case. then I've got a JJ Watt one in my cart right now. I'm just waiting for the word. Just waiting for he the has, word. has,
1: like the alternate jersey made for them, like he he designed it himself and it's ready to go.
0: Oh my god. If I if Shot I designed you, a jersey, it would be like in Microsoft Paint.
2: Like that's how bad it would be. I want to see it so bad. I want to see it so bad. Uh so
1: I'm getting flashbacks to when I was a kid and I used to play, like, backyard soccer or backyard football um, on my PC as a child. And the, like, uniforms that they had, they always just looked so funny because the graphics were just awful because it's an early 2000s PC game. Um, That's what I, like, imagine the jersey would look like on paint
2: <laughs> that might be for what Steve's skills are that might be you might be imagining something that's a little too good for what Steve's gonna produce I think Sarah so. <laughs> can't. I can't argue with you <laughs> yeah, Steve agrees uh, Here's one. so this was a guy that was I think kind of rumored a little bit when he was a free agent and it was kind of split on him so I'm kind of curious where you guys fall from the Giants Golden Tate Sarah how would you feel about Golden Tate hmm
1: I mean um, I, <laughs> yep. I don't know, like it was just that one that one meme where she takes a sip and she's like, uh, mm, no, oh, maybe yeah. Yeah,
2: you went through a lot of emotions, Ann.
1: I'm gonna say no. Um I just think he's on like he's degressing not He's not on his way up. And he's so. 30,
2: thirty-two-year-old receiver whose yeah. entire game is based on quickness. So yeah, when that when he loses that, he's going to lose that. Yeah, I'm um, also a no. Okay. Uh, 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 just to be a
0: side note, there's a BuzzFeed video about the story of the, that girl and how that how she became famous from it. Hmm. Uh, it's worth ten minutes of your life because there's a certain uh, group of people that took over the meme first, and it's. It's just hilarious. I, uh, if I find hmm. it, I'll uh, I'll send yeah, it out. But it was it. really funny.
2: Uh, we'll do a couple more. Trent Brown, Trent Brown tackle from the Raiders. He's started uh, sixteen games in the past two years. So he's had some injury issues. Uh, but when he's been healthy, he's been very very good. Uh, Steve, what do you say on Trent Brown?
0: I would feel like he'd probably be too much money. That's kind of where I'm sitting. Just like I would love to have that depth at tackle. Maybe get rid. of If you're getting him, you can get rid of Rick Wagner, but. I feel like that's just going to cost too much just with a, a quality ta- offensive tackle that's still yeah. not over the hill. Like that's going to be a $10, $12 million a year thing.
1: Yeah. And I think the Packers are pretty happy with what they have right now. So yeah. I don't think they're going to spend big money on someone in that area. All
2: right. I got, we'll just do one more. I'll do one more. I was going to do Kawan Alexander, Alexander, but I'm not going to do that, Steve. Um, <laughs> uh, we are going to do from the Steelers. Cornerback Joe Hayden, 31 years old. Kind of has made his living on being aggressive, but sometimes too aggressive. But it is a need, and he does play the outside. Steve, where are you sitting on Joe Hayden? If I'm
0: going to take an aging cornerback, I'm going to make a run at Patrick Peterson. Okay.
2: Sarah?
1: Yeah, I just think it needs to be someone – closer to Darrier's age and like Steve said if it's going to be someone that is older Patrick Peterson even Richard Sherman is a name to throw out there like someone that we know is has proven themselves I mean obviously that's not a knock on him but um yeah I just think it it needs to be like one of those guys if it's going to be an older guy
2: alright alright so it's good I didn't keep track of who we signed but there's a handful in there oh yeah um, we signed
0: a lot of people I mean but- <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, they're all coming veterans minimum because they also want to win a ring. Uh, so, yeah, if you get a chance, uh, again, if you subscribe to The Athletic, check that out. Um, it's, it's kind of a fun look. You know, we didn't dive into all of it, but kind of you know, has kind of what the team benefits from each thing and why they might need to do that. So if you get a chance, check that article out on The Athletic.
0: Very cool. Let's do a little fun before we dive into listener questions. I found this on uh, Twitter the other day, sent it to Dusty and Sarah, because we really didn't think we'd have anything to talk about. So we thought about maybe a whole food episode. And it is ranking your favorite type of French fries. So there are what 15 different types here. So it's run through it really quick, but uh, you get to pick your top three. It's waffle fries, Belgian fries, tater tots, standard cut, uh, garlic fries, curly fries, shoestring, crinkle cut cheese fries, steak, chips, sweet potato, potato wedges, chili cheese fries, and cottage fries. Uh, so, yeah, I think the only confusion we had early on was like, what type what was the Belgian fry? And that's just like your typical European double fried with with some mayonnaise. So. But uh, Sarah, we're going to start with you. Tell us the top three French fry cuts for you.
1: So this is very hard for me because I love fries. Like I don't care what they are. I will eat them. So having to, to pick favorite is like picking a favorite child, I feel like. But here we go. <laughs> Number one, plain and simple, the standard cut. I, I just am a sucker for the simple fry, thin. Um, and, yeah, I like them on the crispy side. Um, so a lot of times if I do get McDonald's and I – bring it back and the fries are mushy like i will put them in the toaster oven i'm like no they will be crispy Mm. so um so that's number one number two is the waffle fry just so good like the chick-fil-a fries are so good um and then three would be crinkle cut Um, I don't know why those are just really good, in my opinion. And that's the kind of fries that they have at Shake Shack. And that's like the burger place I order from the most. So that had to make my list. And then honorable mention um, would be tater tots, because when I have the opportunity to feast on a good tater tot, I don't pass it up. Um, And I know that might be on brand for me as like a childish thing, but I don't care. Tater
2: tots are good, and I will die on that tree. So, yeah, and I man, if I had to burn like two of these and never have them again, it's steak fries, three of them: steak fries, potato wedges, and crinkle cut. Because, like, crinkle cut just feels like like elementary school cafeteria. Like, I rarely have them that are good. The Steak Shack ones are decent, but like they still just I don't know they're it's kind of a little soggy half the time. I don't like them. Um, so my my three. I man, mine one I think has got to be curly fries. Um, just because I've never had a bad curly fry. Because usually I don't. I, they're not on this list. Season fries are like number one. Like they usually the curly fries usually like have that, that extra coating in their season. So I'm gonna go with those uh, two. I might go waffle fries as well. And Chick-fil-A waffle fries are tremendous. So I'll hit those. And then for three, ah man, it's a toss up between the standard cut and the shoestring. I'm a big fan of the shoestring ones just because you get. Like Sarah said, do you like the standard ones that are crispy? Shoestring are always crispy because they're, they're thinner. So I really like those. And then honorable mention to specifically Burger Fries uh, garlic aioli fries, which are just oh, gosh, so, so good. good. Just so ridiculously good. <laughs> I
0: officially have to go downstairs and see if we have French fries uh, that I can throw in the oven after. Yeah, now I'm like, <laughs> I'm to make a burger and
1: fries
0: tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so for me, the number three would be chili cheese fries. I do like the cheese fries, but I mean, if I only get three, I'm getting the cheese in there as, as well. So like chili cheese fries is almost like a, an, a whole meal in and of itself. So I always like like the, the combination of that together sarah i'm with you tater tots was my number two oh, just really? because yes. you get a good crunchy tater tot like obviously it can't be underdone but yeah right. a good tater tot is outstanding and then for me number one is going to be the curly fries dusty kind of like you hit on that was just you never have a bad curly fry they're always yeah. good like you because you you get them so rarely not too many places do them so when you get them they're just they're they're awesome so I, I would I would go with that. So there's your, uh, your fun fun uh, content for the week. I did put out a poll to see if you guys would actually listen to an entire food podcast from Sarah Dusty and myself. And shockingly, it's overwhelmingly yes. there's only 13% saying no. So I mean if we ever really struggle for content, then you know I'll send a, I'll send a personal apology to that 13%, but everybody else will be having a good time. So we'll see. We'll see. It's another thing that's up in the air for the off season, but all right. So we've got some questions from you guys from Twitter. So for a little bit of fun, Dusty is actually going to handle talking about all the questions. So
2: take it away. Yeah. It will not, it will not shock anyone to learn that there's a lot of JJ Watt questions. So, Hey, just, you know, let's, let's start with all those. Let's start with those. So this is from Matt Pickett. That's Matt Trombone. Good guy. I like Matt. Um, if Watt goes to the Jets or something, he says, sure, Jets fans, which I know Steve has thoughts on that. Um, who would be the next potential free agent you would love to see join the Packers? Uh, and then as a secondary question, would you take flight or invisibility? Which one do you choose? So, Steve, start with you. Who is the next potential free agent you're taking if Watt goes somewhere else?
0: Uh, if that is the case, then K1 Short from the Carolina Panthers. Was he officially released today or is it just talked about?
2: i thought no, Fisher yeah. released i might be
1: wrong but... released and you saw me so thanks <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo.
0: sweet uh yeah that would be my next target uh i think he'd be able to come a little bit cheaper than most uh so that or geno atkins if he does get released those would be two of the guys like a, a cheap uh talented veteran for the for the minimum that they can play on the inside with kenny clark like i think that'd be a big priority And then as far as flight or invisibility, I mean, you got to go flight. Like, that's just, to me, that'd be the the best thing ever. So, Sarah?
1: So, like I said, Short was my go-to as well. Um, I just, like you said, you can get him pretty cheap. And he's a veteran that's proven himself, so that would be great. Um, I I had to laugh because when I was looking up uh, stuff on this earlier, I was just I like Googled what happened and everything like that. And one of the first stories is why releasing him is the the wrong decision for the Panthers. So that that made me laugh. Um, and hopefully, hey, the Packers could benefit from that. But we'll see. For me, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say invisibility. Um, and that's just because like I'm, i just sometimes you're like, a
0: creeper and you want to spy on people
1: no yeah like it's more of like it's it's <laughs> the opposite it's like so people will just not bother me like, I'm like i don't <laughs> want to be bothered so if i can just disappear Sarah,
0: sarah's like, so for, popular
1: oh. for like a hot second at my tro- at like any time that would be great or like another thing is like when i like I don't know. I just think being invisible would be cool. I mean, that that sounds really bad. It sounds like I'm like, I just wish I could disappear. But oh, that's not what I meant. It's just like everybody I, just, just
2: leave me alone.
1: Yeah. So Sarah's I'm, got like I'm, a My
2: Chemical Romance poster hanging up in the background as she said that.
1: Hey, flight wouldn't be bad either, but I'm just going to go with invisibility. That That's the mood today. Yeah, next week, it could be flight. Who knows?
2: That's fair. Uh, yeah, my free agent came uh, on short as well. I mean, you can look at, I mean, obviously like having it, Alan Robinson would be awesome. Like that's, that's pretty unlikely. So I think short in the middle of you the know, next to Clark, I think is was just, just tremendous. You guys hit on all those points. So short seems like a very good answer. I'm all on board with that. And yeah, I'm with Steve, man. I'm taking flight. Just, just give me that sweet, sweet flight. I want to, I want to fly. High. I'm gonna, I'll be terrified. I would be terrified, but I would like to just, just fly in the sky. I think that'd be amazing. Um, and I, I don't care if people interact with me, so I'm, I'm fine not being invisible because I'm, you know, I'm okay. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, another Watt one. This is from Samuel De, De, Deville. Samuel Deville. Uh, Lindsay or Watt. Who would have the bigger impact on the team, and if you could have one, who are you picking, cap situation included? Now, we all know the cap is not finalized yet, but we do know it's likely to be lower, so we don't know the actual hits. We also don't know what Watt's going to take, what Lindsley's going to take, any of that stuff. But if you can take one of them, the bigger impact on the team, kind of think about the cap, who are you taking, Sarah, of those two guys?
1: I'll take what I'll jump on the hype train. Why not? And obviously, like, I know we've been joking about it all episode. Well, I guess not Steve because he's 100% set and has the jersey in his cart already. But I know it's kind of becoming a meme in Packers Twitter right now, like JJ Watt to the Packers. But if he came to the Packers, like, that would be awesome. He would have a huge impact right away. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Watt.
2: All right, Steve.
0: I think Lindsley will have the bigger impact. Um, I think that's, you know, that center role is something that's been locked down for several years by him. Him and Aaron have a good, good connection. Uh, And I think that's a a, a super important role for the offense. But realistically, I don't think there's a chance that he's back just due to money because a top tier center. Barely ever hits the market, and I mean, get him, getting him in his prime, all that kind of stuff. It's it's going to cost, and I don't think the Packers have that kind of money. I think JJ can make a a very good, um, have have a great impact on the defense, and and still cost a lot less money. So I would say JJ Watt.
2: Yeah, I think I'm in that boat. I think I mean, if money's not really an issue, or, I mean, Lindsley did have some some injury issues, and then with the suppressed cap, if that kind of drives some of the value down, if they can get Linsley back, I'm with you. I think the value is bigger with Lindsley, just for all those reasons. You want that guy in the center. He's the guy that the protection calls. He's entering his prime, or is firmly in his prime. He's shown to be the, a very, very good center. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I think long-term play, if they can afford him, it's Lindsley. Uh, if they can't, I mean, I, I do think Watt is going to be the cheaper option there, hopefully. So... Uh keep rolling with Watt, man. Um, this is from Aaron Roger. Hey, Aaron Roger. Oh, it's not it's a different guy. It's not the same guy. Um, sign one. You get the sign one. Kenny Galladay, JJ Watt, or Richard Sherman. Who adds more wins to this team? So that's it's so it's kind of tricky because you're not just adding a guy, you're adding a guy, and then you're saying, like, who adds more wins here when they already won. They won 13 last year. Last year. Uh, Steve, start with you. Of those three, who you sign in, who has a bigger impact?
0: I mean, to me, it's a pretty easy thing. Like, I love the other two guys, but give me Galladay all day, man. Like, you get a young wide receiver entering his prime to pair across with uh, Devontae and finally give Aaron another weapon, like the big weapon he's been doing. And you get MVS slash Lazard in the 3-4 role that they're probably more accustomed or fit for. And that's uh, that's a recipe that I, that I want. Like I said, you think you can find some cheap talent, uh, some veterans this year? I think it's going to be a lot different than normal. So, if I'm given the ability, I want the the guy still in his twenties.
2: Sarah?
1: wow! You should just delete that jersey out of your cart, then. God.
2: Seriously, man. I thought you were a fake. fan, dude.
1: What a fake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but after I just roasted Steve, yeah, I'm going to agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you – he's at it perfectly. If you can get a guy that's still in his 20s that can compliment Devontae Adams and spice up the Packers' offense even more, then sign me the heck up. Like, that, I want that. And we're going to talk about, you know, how the Packers can win more games. There were a couple games where they just needed to connect one or two more times on offense. And I know the defense has its own issues and special teams, but – There were a few times where it did come back on the offense this past season. So having a guy like Galladay, that would would be great. And I think it could help um, connect a few more dots and pieces of the puzzle on the offensive side of things.
2: Yeah, and I'm that way, too. I was, I was trying to make a case for Watt before the show, and Steve shamed me, and then I realized that he was right. Um I do think, I mean, Watt in the middle, oh I my think God, just... Oh, mark
0: that and save it for me, please.
2: <laughs> nah, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm editing it out later, so no one's going to hear this. Uh, I mean, Watt in the middle, I think, makes a big difference short term. But, yeah, I mean, I think... <laughs> We talked about this last week. The Packers and Steve. I think you even looked, you said you looked this up. The Packers don't have a single wide receiver on the roster currently past twenty twenty one, and that includes uh, last week. You said Reggie Bagleton, but turns out not even was Bagleton. wrong. Yeah, not <laughs> they, like no one. Uh, so yeah, I mean a guy who you know he was injured, so maybe that's a concern. But also Sherman was thirty two and played like five games last year, and Watt certainly is not clear of injuries. So uh, yeah, I think uh, think Holiday, that guy who could just go up and get a ball when you need it, man. Uh, we'll take it. Another Watt. This one, we're assuming he's on the team, man. What two current Packers will Watt's locker be located between? So he's on the team, man. He's in the locker room. Where are you sticking him, Sarah? Where is J.J. Watt's locker?
1: So I'm assuming that the lockers are organized by number, um, but I'm not 100% sure. I think it's
2: That's... more like, like maybe positional group was always my thought.
1: I don't know. And I'm just going to go that they're – organize my number so let's say Watt's on the Packers he's going to be 99 then he would be next to Snacks Harrison who is number 98 he'd be on the end he'd have a corner spot and then next to Snacks and I think those two would have some great conversations
2: Steve where's JJ Watt
0: well is Snacks even going to be on the team
1: in my mind yes that's, <laughs> <what it laughs> <worked>. that's <laughs> a <laughs> move <laughs> Sarah that's an offseason
2: move Sarah yeah. has made
0: <laughs> so so let me get this straight so Sarah basically said he's going to be between Snacks Harrison and a wall yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jam Cut back in the, in the answer corner. in half. Okay. That's right. Um, I think I'm just going to go Dream World, where I think it would be, uh, it would just be that that core group, that that front four. It's going to be, and, I, and I'm cheating as well. I'm going to say he's going to be in between uh, Rashawn Gary and um, and Z, but. Um, we'll have Kenny Clark right now right outside there and that that group they'll be doing coming up with dance sack dances and stuff like oh man it's going to be a lot of fun
2: i think mine i'm i'm going to i'm go i'm going z i am i am going zi think i'm taking this from the perspective of, i have seen you know jj watt i really like jj watt uh, but he also he's like a very these are very serious football man like an old school football guy win Nose knows the grindstone i want him between z and i want to be like z and, and jair like two guys who just like like jair seems intense but kind of a goofball. And Zedarius just seems like a lunatic. Like I want those personalities and then just JJ Watt in between them. I want some of that to kind of either rub off on JJ or some of JJ to kind of rub off on those guys a little bit. I want to see, I just want to see the dynamic. I want to see how those guys interact. That's more or less what I want to see.
0: That'd be like a, a 1990s sitcom from NBC.
2: Of like like J- the, the buddy show. Yeah. JJ Watt, Zedarius Smith, buddy cop show. I'd watch that all day. All day, I'd watch that. Like, he's the he's the, the straight lace guy and he's the loose cannon. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> sign me up for that right now. You can see it like in the bottom of the corner of
0: the TV, like uh, the little promo of them just like standing back to back with their guns pointed
2: out. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah hey, give the me a Lethal theme. Weapon remake with those guys right now, and I'm in. Oh, I like it. Yeah, all the way in. Uh, all right, last JJ Watt question, I believe, and this is simple, it's straight to the point. This is from Matt Johnson. Do the Packers have a realistic shot at landing JJ Watt? Now, Steve, you kind of before the show you were kind of talking about this, so I'll let you uh, let you take this one.
0: I legit think they do. I, I think it's something you can get excited about and allow yourself to get excited about. But yeah, there's a real possibility he could go to a couple of the other contenders, and maybe somebody will throw him some more money. But I think that that fact of playing for the Green Bay Packers as a as a kid who loved the Green Bay Packers that's something that uh, you know he was a fan and. Like growing up in Wisconsin and bringing a Super Bowl championship to Wisconsin, like that's just, that's something I feel is just not brought up enough. And Dusty even said, you know, he's made a lot of money in his career with the Houston Texans. His wife is now living in Chicago for, because she plays for the soccer team there. And that would get him closer than being in Texas. So I think there's a lot of these things that are lining up. And I think he's, he's the type of guy that would be willing to sacrifice money in order to get a championship. You know, maybe it's a two-year deal that he can opt out of after the first year if they win the Super Bowl, and he can go sign somewhere else and get some more cash. Like, there's a million options, but I think this is a realistic. I do. I really do think this is a realistic thing. Sarah, what do you say?
1: I don't think it's going to happen. As much as I want it to, sorry, Steve. I can just tell. Like, I can see the on your face. But
0: that's all right. You're wrong, so it doesn't matter.
1: Just so many things. It, it would have to be a perfect match. Like, so many things would have to fall It in. is like, perfect. Yeah, but he'd have to be... <laughs> you,
2: can't, you can't beat him on this one. He's dug in, Sarah. He's dug in. <laughs> this is my new inside linebackers.
1: This is one of those things, like, one of those times when I wish it was video. Because the way that Steve, like, leaned into his mic was so aggressive. So aggressive. He's like, it is perfect.
2: Yeah, there's a time when Steve's eyes go dead and then logic doesn't work. And this is one of those times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, I just think too much has to happen. And right now, you know, with the cap and with everything and how money looks for the Packers, they have to be really careful and they have to be very strategic with all of their moves. Would I love for JJ Watt to be Green Bay Packer? Hell yes. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty tough.
0: Yeah, when he when he signs, then you have to you two have to split and buy me the jersey.
1: Okay, but listen, Steve, if he signs, like she I just would, said, okay, she no, just said okay. No,
2: but no she like- was ignoring. She was not listening to what you said. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to move on to her points, Steve. I
1: would be so happy if I'm wrong. This is one of those things. Like when we did the prop bet, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, Mitch Trubisky is going to throw 11 touchdown passes. Like I really hope I'm wrong, and then I was wrong, and I'm like, oh thank God. Like I was really glad I was wrong. This is one of those times.
2: I got, I got nothing more to add. I'm, I'm fine either way. Again, I'm here for the drama. I'm here for whatever. Uh, I, I think it seems unrealistic, but Steve makes some good points, and then Sarah makes some good points as Steve is crazy. So both sides good points. All right, we're, we're on from J.J. Watt, guys. We are on. This is, uh, this is a question from Brian. Will this be a repeat of the summer of Sternberger? I still think the guy has a lot of potential, but I'm wondering if he's the kind of odd man out with uh, Tanian degora and possibly Lewis next year. So, Sarah, where do you sit on Sternberger? He's, uh, you know, kind of a lot, a lot of talk before the season about breakout year and then injuries and whatnot derailed him a little bit. So do you think he's, is this a potential breakout or is he kind of odd man out this year?
1: I sadly think he might be the odd man out now. I think the timing of it is really tough. We saw in just two games how good DeGuara looked. And if he's back next year, if Tunyon is back and Mercedes Lewis is there, I think those are the three main guys um in that position group. And Sternberger might be there to support, but I don't know how much we'll actually see him in that role.
2: Steve, where are you sitting on Sternberger?
0: I don't believe he's gonna be it's gonna be the summer of Sternberger again. I mean there was there's a lot of a lot of things written about him. Nobody really saw the Tunyon explosion that, that happened. So, I don't think it will be the summer of him. But I think there's a role for him on that in this offense. I mean, you've seen there's there's different guys outside of Devonte that were featured in different games. So, you know, it, it may be matchup specific. But I mean, he was running some good routes. I mean, he caught a he caught a touchdown uh, one of the playoff games. If I'm uh, the I'm Niners game, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, caught a touchdown. Like, I think there's a role for him. It's not going to be huge um, unless he can ball out in training camp and preseason games and show that he's, you know, fully ready to compete. I think he's going to have to earn it. But it, to me, it's there. But I'm not as excited as I was during this last offseason.
2: I think his his trajectory, I think, mirrors so much of kind of what Tunyon did. Now, now Sternberger was, you know, clearly used a what third-round draft pick and, and Tunyon was not. But it's kind of this – we we all know tight ends take a while to develop. Anyway, it's one of the hardest positions to learn. We've talked about this a bunch because you're learning uh, receiving, you're also learning some offensive line blocking stuff. You're just you're learning a whole bunch of stuff, and then he's lining up in the backfield a lot as well. And so for a guy that I you know played one year at that kind of high level football, we you always knew it was going to be a little more developmental. And so he comes in, doesn't do a ton, kind of battled some injuries like the year you thought he was going to like this was you know breakout year for him, man. COVID hit, so there wasn't a lot of practice, and then he had had that concussion and just battled injuries. Like, this seems like, to me, what I hope, it's kind of the same thing as Tanyan. People Tunyon was kind of a guy that you could dream on a little bit and then kind of fell out of favor just because it didn't happen when people thought, and then he broke out. Uh, this seems like this is, what, third year, uh, coming off a weird year, and then he was injured a little bit as well. I wouldn't be shocked. I love DeGuarro. Like Sarah said, he showed some really good stuff early, man. Um, I think losing him kind of sucked. But the role for him is a little different. He's kind of, Degar is kind of going to be more of the back the backfield guy. I mean, they're going to kind of have those tight ends in there a little bit. I think if, if Sternberger can block a little more, I think there's a bigger role for him. But I, I would not be shocked to see him in some two receiver set or two tight end sets with Tunyon and Sternberger out there and doing really good things. Like, I, it does feel like it's going to be quiet this summer, but I wouldn't be shocked. At even a little bit, if he breaks out, he has a ton of talent, especially as a receiver. He's a willing blocker. Uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm still all in on Sternberger. Um, I'm really excited about him. So I just, I hope he gets his chances. They're going to be rotating tight ends a little bit anyway. It's not like anyone's getting 90 percent of snaps, so he's going to get his chances. And I think, uh, I think he's got a good chance to kind of uh, turn in on those. So I'm, I'm big on Sternberger. If you couldn't tell, uh, <laughs> this one's from Osa thirteen o four early draft crushes? Do you guys have any early draft crushes, specifically guys you'd like to see the Packers to draft? Steve, I know you, I don't know if you've dug in yet. I know you're kind of a decently big draft guy. Do you have any uh, any draft crushes yet?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of ones. I mean, the, the realistic ones, I guess. Uh, Tony from mm. wide receiver from Florida, you watch his highlights, and it's like, a, it's like a young Randall Cobb that would just immediately go, like, improve the slot wide receiver for the Packers, and man, That's something that I would absolutely love. I don't think they're going to go wide receiver in the first round, so I'm trying not to get J.J. Watt-level hype about him. Um, (laughs) You know, it all comes back to J.J. in this episode for me. But, you know, I've been looking wide receivers. Um, There's a couple of offensive tackles. It's going to be fascinating to see how this all breaks down with quarterbacks. Hopefully, again, pushing some talented people down the, the blocks a little bit. And, and putting somebody right in front of the Packers that that's going to be, that maybe shouldn't be there, but you know, offensive tackles, there's a kid from Alabama. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a slew of, uh, there's a kid from Notre Dame. Uh, he's a, he's like a guy who, who might be available to the Packers at 29. So I don't know, man, there's, there's so many and it's, you're not going to get the number one position. Like you're not going to get the number one quarterback. You're not going to get the number one offensive tackle on the board. So it's just going to be wild it's, as it is always it's wild to see who who gets pushed down but right now tony is the biggest one for me if they do go wide receiver i think that'd be it he could he could potentially be an immediate starter and then help out on special teams so that would be a, a big big win for me sarah you got any draft guys
1: not really i mean everybody knows i'm not super into the draft so i don't really want to speak on things but i'm excited there's a couple ucf guys that i think They might go a little later but they'll be great picks um similar to Gabriel Davis from last year he fell really far and then he killed it on the Bills this past year so um the UCF has another wide receiver coming in Marlon Williams who is an absolute beast I'm super excited to see where he ends up and then Richie Grant who's a really good DB he's made he caught a lot of eyes at the senior bowl and Uh, He's been I've seen in a lot of national media conversation recently about how he could be a, a good like late round, late first round, late second round that kind of earlier than people I think originally anticipated. So I'm just excited to see what happens with the UCF guys.
2: That's good. I, I've not really dug in yet either, so I'll keep an eye on those guys. Uh, like I, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I live in Kentucky, so I, you know, I grew up kind of a Gators fan, so Tony is high on that list. I'm with you, Steve. I don't think they go receiver first round. I don't think Tony lasts to that pick in the second. But, man, just imagining him in this offense is a tremendous amount of fun. Um, my big guy right now is just – I mentioned him earlier – is Gainwell out of Memphis. Just that that twitchy, quick – not necessarily like – polished running back but good receiver out of the backfield uh just just watch anything of him in the open field and uh, j- just him in this offense is just electric so i'm a big into gainwell and he's i don't know third fourth round guy likely um which which i'd love to see him get there so that's that's my uh my two guys one of them like steve i'm already kind of ready to give up on it seems very unlikely that tony's going to be there but gainwell seems realistic um so i'd be all in on him all right, last question or my boy Trill Withers. That's uh, at Tyler. I am. If you don't follow him, if you don't know him, one of one of the best guys I know. I think he's with the working with MBA Alumni Association now, doing tremendous work over there. Uh, his question, which this came up earlier this week on Twitter or last week or something, from Brad Kelly. Uh, what would it take as a trade offer to consider moving Jordan Love to a QB needy team? Now, uh, Brad Kelly brought this up last week, and he said, uh, I think he's a, a Patriots guy that he would move a second and a fourth if he was New England. So I don't know if that's the starting, but that's kind of where some of this conversation stuff started. So Sarah, if you're the Packers and a team comes calling saying, hey, we really like him, we want to give you something for him, what would you take knowing they traded up last year and picked him in the first?
1: This is hard because, you know, I I want to say, like, they took him in the first round, they should give the Packers a first-round pick, but it's like, jordan love has not played a single snap in the nfl so how how can like i'd be the one to say that but i mean that's ideally i'd want a couple draft picks obviously uh, i don't really know that's a good question I, I i need to think more about that one
2: steve what do
0: you got I'd be willing to move a second and fourth right now. I think, you know, everybody's going to yell and scream like, oh, you, you you wasted a one on him. You have to get the one back. Like, nobody's going to give up a one for somebody like that right now. A guy who has never thrown a, a ball in the, in the like, NFL. Hasn't He's even
2: dressed. Like, has not even dressed in yeah. the NFL. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if they're willing to offer a second and fourth in this year's draft, I think that would help address a couple of extra needs for the Packers. And, I mean, the Patriots weren't great this year, so the, that's a decent pick in, in the number in the second round, probably like somewhere right in the middle, I'm assuming. So, yeah, I'd absolutely do that, and it gives you another swing at a quarterback. Now, if they really feel like if they've seen the things that they were starting to see from Rogers when they were deciding it was okay to move on from Favre. If they're seeing those things in practice, then no, I don't think you should trade them. And you know, there's that like one video that popped out a little later in the season where it's like, look, he's throwing it into the net. Now it's going into the net. Now <laughs> You're like, he's the next future hall of famer for the Packers. So if they're – I mean, I know we all got really excited for that, but if, if he is doing those things in practice, then, no, I say you you hang on to him as a lottery ticket of hopefully if, if Aaron moves on, then we've got this kid who can step right in.
2: Yeah, I mean, some of this – like, I'm, with, I'm kind of with both of you guys. I mean, it is – it's such a – it's a weird thing to determine because it's you know there was no preseason so you didn't get to see him, and it also is so much of this hinges on what is he shown in practice, uh, and what are the coaches like from him? What is he showing? Because like you said, we've seen that one video of him throwing into a net when we saw him missing the net or not doing as well earlier, and so it's like well his footwork looks better, it looks a little more crisp, like we don't know, and so it's kind of one of those that the they need a first round back for him like that thought. Listen, man, it's, it's, that's a sunk cost at this point. Like, what the Packers gave up for him to draft him last year, that, that doesn't matter. Like, none of that matters at this point. You don't have to get that same thing back for him. It'd be nice, but you don't necessarily have to because you've already paid that. Like, you're not you're not recouping that. The um, second and fourth, when I saw that deal, I think a lot of people were kind of, no, you can't because you need first round. Like, I, yeah, I'm with Steve. I think a second and fourth, like, not just... Not just for the guys you're drafting second, fourth, but Gudukins has shown that he will use some draft capital to move up uh, first round, second round, wherever, if he likes a guy. And so you use that high-ish second round, fourth round pick to move up in this draft to grab someone else. Like – Maybe that's worth it. I mean, there's there's so many unknowns here uh, that a first round would be nice. And given what you know, what a team, if someone likes him, might be willing to give up. It just this feels like maybe a year too early. Like if he flashes, I think we talked about this before. If he flashes yeah. in preseason, if he shows out and does something, and he at least shows something that teams get excited about that that price, even if you know Rogers going to be a guy for the next like four years, that price goes up. You can, suddenly you can get more. Right now, it just seems like if you deal him for something now the deal is likely suppressed somewhat just because no one has any idea. The Packers have the best. It's almost like the Packers have the best idea of what they have. And if they're willing to give them up for a second and a fourth, some team's like, well, crap, why did they ask for a first? Like, what, <laughs> what's wrong with them that they're not looking? They're not driving this price a little higher? So it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a weird situation. But you know, second and fourth seems fine. Uh, so, yeah, Steve, that's it for the Twitter questions. I'm, I'm going to turn it back over to you. All right. Well, nice job uh, with the
0: the hosting of the questions. I, yeah. I thought it went way better than I anticipated it would. So, uh, <laughs> <That's yeah. funny. laughs> you always throw digs at me, you know. But thank you guys as always for the questions on Twitter. We it's always a lot of fun for us to dive in to see what you guys want to talk about. So. As always on Twitter, that's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher, four at Steve Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. So thank you guys again for your follows and, and downloads and stuff like that. So that kind of is the show for today. Let's wrap it up as we always do with some some closing thoughts. So Sarah, why don't you start us off?
1: Yeah, so my orchestra concert is now available. I tweeted the link. It's live. Um, you know, Dusty checked it out, which was pretty cool. Um, I've been sharing it. I don't know if steve watched it or not <laughs> but
0: <laughs> i have not gotten to it yet it's on my playlist yeah. though
1: but i don't want people listening to think i just like ignored steve it was just that dusty like <laughs> <laughs> he was watching it so um but a couple of people have listened and sent me some really nice messages so thank you um and for those of you who've maybe missed the tweet or didn't listen to last week's episode um it's about an hour-long concert free music online so you're interested definitely check it out i'll retweet my own tweet um and then my other follow-up final thought is just if you like superhero movies things or you're a marvel fan you need to watch wandavision if you're not watching it already because it's freaking awesome I i am obsessed with it it's so good if you do watch it let me know because I'd love to talk about things with people because I have no idea what's happening. I have all these theories. I literally get up like an hour earlier on Friday to watch it before work because I just like <laughs> can't work on Friday knowing that the episode is waiting there for me. So it, it's so good. And I know the three of us have been watching it and highly recommend it to anyone that is not already watching it to tune in and if you have any wandavision questions you know let, you can throw those in like a two-for-one with packers questions too. So.
2: yeah and mine uh yeah sarah's concert was great a lot of fun you had someone kind of introducing the pieces which i really liked and the the, the the closing song i really dug and can't remember uh downtown funk or something The thing yeah. it was
1: um <laughs>
2: yeah yeah it was fun it was, was good it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I kind of had it on in the background uh, while I was working and then, you know, kind of was watching the video occasionally, but it sounded sounded amazing. Uh, fun group of people. I really liked it. Really good job, Sarah. Um, yeah, if you hadn't got a chance to check that out, definitely do that. Uh, I'm thinking about starting to write again, I guess. I don't know. I'm starting to do research stuff. Um, so I've been taking, usually after the season ends, I take some time and kind of regain my senses. It's kind of a grind to get through it. I love, love talking about football, I love writing about football, but. Uh, it's, it's so time-consuming. I usually take, you know, a few weeks off and try to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of the, the off-season. So I get caught up on my TV and my movies. I finally watched Watchmen. I'm going through uh, Lovecraft Country now. Watched St. Maude. St. Maud came out this past week. Watch that. Went through Ted Lasso. And now I'm kind of, you know, I'm settling in. So great. So great. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the next, uh, my next article idea. So I'm kind of starting to gather stuff for that, for that right now. And that's, I'm kind of... Uh, I don't know when that's coming out. I have no idea, but I'm starting to go through kind of old Packer stuff and looking at some big slash memorable plays throughout their history and breaking those down a little bit, giving a little history. Um, it, one of the ones I'm looking at now is that second touchdown to Greg Jennings in the Super Bowl that we all know if you've seen that the, the <laughs> the Super Bowl video, which I've seen a thousand times is Greg Jenny's kind of calling that and saying, Hey, uh, you know, Palomalo or that safety, when you're running that corner out, when those guys, they're, they're dropping it completely and you're wide open. So I went through, you know, going through the Super Bowl and looking through the, the, the all 22s not available. But I'm going through that and seeing, okay, what did they run earlier in the game? What similar looks did they show that kind of led him to that? So I'm, you know, going some of that and kind of talking about the concepts. I'm going back to, the uh, Far Horizon to touchdown to open the Super Bowl, uh, you know, back in 96. And kind of, and that was a play off of a, an old uh, West Coast Niners concept. So, I'm going back and kind of looking at some of that stuff. And so, kind of going back through some of these and breaking them down a little bit and giving some history behind them, uh, some of the schematic stuff, and maybe some of the stuff they were seeing at the time. So, it's, it's I don't know when it's coming. I'm in the process right now of gathering plays and gathering you know as much information as i can on some of that stuff uh but it's been really fun so far so uh when that hits in you know a few weeks whenever that stuff starts coming out i think it's gonna be fun but for right now it's, it's giving me a chance to kind of take my time with it and really dig into some of the some of the history of some of the stuff behind it so uh really really fun kind of having a, having a lot of fun digging into it so i'm looking forward to getting that out and I will end it.
0: Just saying, guys, I'm uh, I'm struggling a little bit. I am I'm officially defeated. Winter has has kicked my ass. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the snow, I, I've had enough of it. The cold, the minus minus eight degrees when it's outside the kids can't go outside so we're all cooped up at the house and this like literally if it snows again there's no place for me to put the snow anymore guys I can't <laughs> get, like, think the snow blower like it shoots it it hits a wall and then it comes back down there's legitimately nowhere for the snow to go so it it has defeated me officially I am ready for March I'm ready for the next uh, couple of months to get it warmer uh be able to be outside in the backyard and stuff and like uh, I'm looking forward to that stuff again so um, but overall i'm doing okay don't worry about me um but thank you as always guys for listening uh it's, it's a lot of fun we love doing this uh again if you have any ideas of shows you would like to listen to for the offseason we're all ears our dms are always open with that kind of stuff so feel free to shoot us messages but thanks as always for listening we will be back next week uh stay safe stay healthy and as always go pack go